Hello friends, my guest for you today was a bricklayer at age 26 years old and he was able to make over $1 million and we're going to talk about how authenticity is the secret to freedom. I'm talking about financial freedom, social freedom, spiritual freedom. Find out more in this podcast. I ain't got anything prepared. So you got another, like, <laughs> I don't got anything prepared, bro. Like the only thing I gotta say is, bro, you look like pretty fucking intimidating. You know, you're like in front of me, just like, uh, like swole, like all tatted up. I'll make sure I got a gym session in before. Yeah. You know. Nah. <laughs> I mean, it worked out this morning, but yeah. Um, nah, I just gotta keep the habits up, man. Yeah. Keep the habits up. Nah. I know. I, I know what I look like. Mm-hmm. I watch jail uh, movies. Mm. Like, like I watched this one and these Thai dudes in jail. It's like damn they're all like tatted up and stuff and it's like fuck i look like those guys yeah but, uh, <laughs> but i'm not, like they told me the story though you were just like on pinterest every day and you're just like getting them one by one until uh, one day you woke up you're like what the hell where did all this come from yeah some of them yeah, yeah. some of them are sure mm-hmm. um some of them for, yeah you, you get you try to get inspiration i think eventually after a while you get a few you stop caring yeah, like you stop caring that much. You like still, I, I found a whole more? bunch of ones just to like fill in space. Yeah, and I just made them up within an hour, and then we just got them. You, I don't know, man. I'm a weird cat sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes it's just eventually after a few, just like the the like some people go, oh, what does what does that one mean? Like yeah. there always has to be like a meaning behind it. It's like honestly, I just like liked it and it fit in that position. That's mm. about as deep as some of them go. Yeah, you know. But I bet you a lot of like the spiritual ones come up to you and they're like, wow, this. You're like so conscious with this like owl thing over here. Do you ever get any of that with like any super like fairy dairy conscious not people a, from the wood? From a wood. <laughs> <laughs> when they venture out to Changu. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too often. Yeah. I mean not too often. I mean the old occasion, but no, nah, no one really no one really gets until unless they've sort of been like sitting in front of me for a fair while, do they yeah. ask? I mean, some people have asked about some of my legs. Um and I just say, Well, what does it mean to you? Mm. And they give me their interpretation. A lot of them is just like conversation starters Some, mm. what is it what do you think it represents and then they just get get talking but dude what i want to know is because like i'm super freaking curious right because I, I know your story right and i, I don't want to we could go a little bit into it and mm. uh, you probably like told it hundreds of times so you're probably like you know when you say a story so many times you get like bored of it especially when it's like the same thing you know yeah i mean you, sometimes you feel like you're beating yeah. the, like the same drum it depends yeah. on the audience you yeah. know what i mean like there's been there's been times where i've spoken at stuff and it's a, and it's a brand new audience, yeah. Right, and sometimes you're speaking to the same audience, and you feel like yeah, you know, you're beating mm. a dead horse, yeah. But when it's a different audience, it's like oh, it's it's fresh again, mm. you know. And it's like people can take little bits of it. So I have to sort of remember that because sometimes you can get a bit flat, like yeah. oh god, like because you've told it so many times. So, well, yeah, but like people can pick up a little bit, mm. you know that you know the little minor things that go within your story. Mm. You've got to be, you know, pretty comfortable sharing it. But mm. yeah, sometimes you feel like you're beating a dead horse when you've told it that many yeah, times. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Joel told me a little about it. You made a million dollars, I think, in network marketing. But I always knew you as the guy, like, whenever I would go to cafes, I think I'd always see you in the corner. I'm like, damn, dude, who the hell is this dude? He's always tatted. He's always with, like, a beautiful girl. Well, I, can't, I'm just like, I have to be always is? tatted. Like, I yeah, can't, the, the, I can't have saying, times where I'm not tatted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this guy does network marketing. with, And every single time I went to a cafe, dude, it just blew my mind. It was just, like, beautiful girl after beautiful girl. I was like, what the fuck is this guy This doing? might have been, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I've got a girlfriend now. I've, no. I've had a girlfriend for about eight months. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Just let's clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> for those that are like, well, nah, yeah, she, he's a, not doing that right I'm now. I'm in a very, no, no. <laughs> Paula. Yeah. 
No, no, no. Yeah, this is this is like the old me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah. I mean, yeah. we can even talk about that. Look, yeah, but um, no, I've made I've made uh, more than that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't go too much into that. Do you still do network marketing? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I go about it in a very different way. How, how do you do it? Because I did network marketing when I was eighteen. I was just like doing home events and like sleeping in random people's houses and just getting in their cars and sleeping in other people's houses until like people signed up. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> look, just, like, I mean, sleepovers, glorified sleepovers that got you paid. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different ways that people go about. It. A lot of them I don't actually vibe with. I don't like. Yeah. I don't want to go. Like we, I kind of reinvented the way that I wanted to go about it, and not to adopt too much of you know, how other people were going to go, were wanting to go about it. I saw a lot of dudes, like young dudes sort of coming through doing it. And I just didn't vibe with the way that were doing it. Like very uh, frat boy style, yeah. the suits, the cars, the watches, the this, the that, and the other. Yeah, I'll have the same haircut. You, you realize that? It's just like a home <laughs> over with like the- The bowl cut. Yeah, the bald right there, but then- Yeah, so I didn't vibe with that. Yeah. And um, I, I, got, I, like, I get why people um, have their skepticisms. And a lot mm -hmm. of it is very, very relevant. Um, depending on the industry, depending on the company, they're all different companies, mm -hmm. you know, maybe similar league, but different team, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, we, I go about it very, very, very differently just from, a, I don't need to hype. Mm -hmm. I don't need to over-exaggerate. I don't need to make lofty promises. I don't need to convince. I just go to find who's aligned. I if I can find a solution and I can plug it and they're aligned yeah. then yeah, but I say no to people as well. You know, so um, just authenticity, authenticity goes a long way. Yeah, I yeah. think as well, like, you know, I've had success as well in it. So I think you get to that point, you don't feel the need to sort of have to over exaggerate or make lofty promises. And I just set people up with really, really, really clear expectations. Mm. I don't feel the need to sort of, you know, talk bullshit. Mm. I think my straight laced method and um, my logical way of viewing things a lot of the time lands on people. So obviously you have like, like quite an emotional story, but uh, you know, you marry that with a bit of logic and people feel pretty empowered to make those decisions, not because they felt like they've been um, sort of coerced by someone that's smooth talking salesman, mm. you know? Yeah. Cause that's how it is. Like when I was back in the day, it was literally like, I signed up because this guy was just so good at freaking sales. He was like NLPing me and just, you know, like embedding commands. He was like, by now you're probably right. And I was just like, freaking, I'm just young and I just bought, right? Mm. Uh, but like, how did you go about, because the way you talk about it does not sound like anything that I experienced when I was in it, when I was like younger. How do I go about it? Yeah, because you don't do the sleepover things, right? Um, The sleep, I mean, no, I don't. You don't, you don't just like, I, I don't know. I was, I was like in this uh, old company, I think I was like 18 and I was just, like I would do a home event. I would just like say some stuff. I'm like, we're going to retire our moms and dads. It's going to be crazy. Just, you know, like buy this thing right now. And then like people would buy. And then from those people that would buy, I would just then hop in their car and then just go and then keep on going until I went from like state to state to state. That was like my teenagers. Yeah. That's like how most people build their network marketing companies, you know, just like belly <sighs> to belly, home events, parties. Yeah. I mean, I I've built most of it over social media. Yeah. Not good 95%. How did you do it? So, so did you just like post Instagram pictures and people slide in the DMs? Look, honestly, just documenting my, my journey. Yeah. Just documenting my journey. Just what I was experiencing. Mm. And, um, you know, just sharing what was being useful for me. And then people, would, you, you know, would reach out. Um, or, you know, I have a very clear vision around uh, who my group is within, mm. within my company. We have our own identity. 
within it. We don't have a, a, as much of a super collective identity with everyone else that's within it. I've been able to create my own uh, alignment with mm. what it is in my vein and not be super affected by taking on the jargon that everyone else or this or that. I've, I've gone and formed my own relationship with uh, my coming the way that I view it and the way I want to do about it. And, you know, that's the thing with like successes, like the people with the most clarity, it's not so much about, you know, your why. Yeah. As opposed to, well, is it clearly yours? Right? Because a lot of people, they want this, they want this acknowledgement more than they actually want to achieve the results. So they adopt other people's like reasoning because they think it sounds good and it's admirable, but it's not actually in alignment. And they think, well, that person's is very, like so people would look at me and I had a goal of, um, myself and my sister wanted to retire our mother. She was a single mom of four on a teacher's salary. And uh, I was bricklaying at the time. And uh, mine's a health and wellness company. So my sister started exercising health science. She was using it, didn't know she was getting paid. So we, we got started in a way where we didn't understand that there was a, there was a business model attached to it. So mm. the good thing is that we had a huge belief and we, would, we, uh, we loved what they were providing. We felt like that was a win. And further on down the track, did someone tell us like, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're earning money, right? So we, the, the, the financial side of things was bonus. And we realized the potential around that. We were already aligned with it. We already believed in it. We already felt great results. And we already felt like we got to win. And that's probably a big, big thing that people need to do is a lot of people choose network marketing companies because um, of this, this, that, and the other hype, blah, 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 timing, all sorts of like, if you don't love the product enough where you'd use it, if there was no financial benefit from it, you probably shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Mm. Right. Like you see young dudes that have never used skincare in their life going in a skincare company. They're like, I'm going to retire. My mom is just like, but it's like, it's like totally incongruent with, I think people use that as a marketing method, like a marketing tool. Um, and they're buying all this stuff or all these cars. And I'll go, well, what about you? What about your mom? You know what I mean? It's like, that was never that for us. Like me and my sister, like that was legit, real. And that was clear for us. That wasn't like a marketing method. And because it was so clearly what our excitement was, you know, there's little things along the way that you have to be excited about. Like you can't like the macro goal and the long goal was in the distance. You know, you need things along the way that are going to excite you. And they're typically things to serve yourself, maybe a little bit or serve, you know, immediate people around you or, um, little things to excite you. That's why I say to people like, look, if you want to earn an income because you want to, you know, you want to get breast implants, I'd rather you say that than make up bullshit. That's not your real reasoning. If that's going to excite you now, make that out. Cause that's going to drive you having it be nonsense ones where you want accolades for the fact that you just want that to be what you want to go for is not going to, is not going to get you there. So let's just like get real. It's like people want to be a hero. So they adopt all these like big grandiose things, not because they actually want to achieve it, but they want people to give them the acknowledgement of actually having that be why they want to do what they do. Mm. And it's like, you see people two years later and it's like, well, I can tell you right now, that's not your why because your behavior hasn't changed. When you're very clear on your why and your reasoning, you'll see signs in your behavior that are different. If you, if you can't take ridicule, if you can't, have courage if you can't do all these things that are synonymous with achieving success it's not yours if your behavior doesn't change it's not yours i'm I'm telling you right now you know so let's just like reel it back let's find what your authentic real one is where you're not trying to bump up your ego 
and find out what it really is and just keep moving the needle every time you hit hit the micros. Basically, success is just a whole bunch of micro micro results compounded over time. But people then focus on the macro and when they don't get closer to it, it's like, oh, mm. you know? Yeah, I heard that so many times. I was like, what, what's your why? Because like they're, they're always, that's like the first thing. I think network marketing companies are really good at like training people from nothing to actually become like like lethal salespeople, even though they don't even know it, right? It's just like more mm. subconscious is because once they grab onto that person's why, man, you could literally, that person will do anything, right? And it was just so bullshit when I was like, you know, where everyone was like, oh, you know, I just want to, you know, like save the world and I just want to help people. And in my mind, I was just like, bullshit, 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 because that, like, I think, like, especially when we were doing circles and we were sharing our whys, it's almost like, you know, when you're in a circle and you're all, you're authentically sharing like what's on your mind, but then while people are sharing what's on their mind, you're just not even thinking about them because you're like, shit, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And when it comes time to you, they're like, oh, well, I want to say the thing that like what you said, it just like brushes up my ego when who knows, maybe the person just wanted like breast implants and that's really what you wanted. And that's, that's what exactly was excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I had to be able to be able to have the ability to mm -hmm. live and earn more than my actual job. My 40 hour job was paying. Yeah. If that didn't happen, well, that's definitely not happening. Mm. Right. You can't think that this is happening if this step doesn't happen first. So you have to find things and narrow it in, mm. right? And you can openly just say that. It's like, hey, on the way to this, this is what excited, is exciting me now. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, there's, you, you get like nonsense within every single industry. Mm. There's not an industry that hasn't got as good in it. It's not well, so I don't good. even think it's just like network marketing. It's like everything, right? Like even in my space, right? It's like, I think it's just really weird. I think there's just so many people that are just afraid to be more authentic, you know? To actually just share like what's on the top of their mind and instead just, you know, say the things that either the other person wants to say or like what their audience wants to say. It's just like really weird, I think, for most people to just say the thing that's on their mind and be radically honest with that. Yeah. I think it's, I think if you're playing a long-term game, <clears throat> authenticity is your best friend. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people are playing a very short-term game and no matter, no matter what industry they're playing, you know, you see it out here all the time. Yeah. You know, people that are spouting off about this and that and the other, but they still haven't paid up their money for a coach that they hired three three months ago. You know, you see incongruencies all the time. And that's one of my biggest things is like, obviously shadow, shadow integration work is super important. I feel- What is that? Shadow integration, you shadow to, work. What, what is that? That sounds like something- So any, any, any of your like, uh, like suppressed traits, yeah. like traits that you don't- uh, want to express for whatever reasons either it just it's it's counterintuitive to your identity that you formed you don't want to own it because you perceive it to be a negative trait um you deem expressing certain traits as a threat if you express them and a lot of people don't aren't willing to show their they're, they're quite happy to show their admirable traits but not their unadmirable traits and that's not necessarily shadow work shadow works just like it could be like the lie aspects of you like um love you know that like that that was like some of my dark uh my shadow work was actually the lighter aspects i could i could quite easily on the front end say things that would frustrate people and annoy people and i could go and express the potentially unadmirable traits but then like some of the the the, the vulnerable traits like love and, and like caring for anyone outside of my family or my close friendship group i i sort of felt was a, a threat 
right? I grew up in a, a family as a single, the only male in the family. Uh, all women, me, you get lumped, sort of. I mean, you just create this ideology of, you know, I need to be this, that. You not being this means more threat, means less safety for you, means less safety for your family, right? So then I suppressed a lot of the, I guess, the, some, some traits and some fall in the, the masculine traits, some fall in the feminine traits. But, and then typically a lot of times you'll see people's uh, shadow or, you know, ego kind of raised to the surface when they've been drinking. Mm. You see people actually, like some people that repress it go super lovey. Some people get really outrageous, right? And it's like, it's, it's the ego getting itself, getting a chance to go and show itself, mm. right? So I'd actually be nicer and more generous when I'd been like back when I, when I was drinking more, I was like, actually be a nicer person, like, right? So that was my lighter aspects that were in the shadow. Most people's shadow stuff is like, um, for a lot of people that, uh, like, let's take, um, let's take a lot of light workers, you know, you can't kind of come across a lot of light workers out yeah. here. You know, a lot of them are like, I do, like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm creating love and joy and bliss and yeah. happiness and I'm healing the world and no, 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 Right. But this is the thing is like, I ask people, I go, do you want to be whole? Or do you want to be good? And I go, well, whole. Okay, well, what's missing? Well, bad. Okay, so to be whole, you're also good and bad, right? So you need to be able to integrate both aspects into yourself. And this is the thing is that a lot of people that have a hard time integrating uh, like their dark aspects of their shadow, they're not able to take control of it. And when they're not able to take control of it or they don't have ownership of it or they don't even acknowledge that they're capable of doing bad, it basically gets repressed and then it manifests in ways that they're not in control of and they don't take ownership and they blame, right? So I had um, uh, someone who considers himself like, and I'm just using a light, light, light workers because they sort of put themselves on this like yeah. wholesome sort of level a lot of the time. She was writing me, like she was basically, we looked up the traits of a, of a stalker and she fulfilled like 80% of them. And she was writing all this stuff to me and I've never been more uncomfortable in my whole life. Mm, and she saying? felt like we were supposed to be, like we were in love. I just didn't know it. Like saying? I was fearful. Like I was all, the, like she's telling me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like it's not, it's not it. No, you're just fearful of my essence and, and, like, uh, and like the goddess that I am and you don't feel worthy of me. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I haven't even like hardly hang out, hung out with you. Right. We don't know each other from Bar of Soap. And she, could, she was saying, putting all the blame on me, she couldn't own the fact that there was a potential for her to actually have unadmirable traits or bad traits. So then it gets manifested in a way where it's actually very, you know, damaging. Whereas if you integrate the dark aspects and you know that you're capable, you can bring it into the light, be able to entertain them in healthy ways. And you don't feel as much of a, and uh, a need to go and a repression to go and, you know, and Joel's going through a little bit of this work. Like people put, people prop Joel up on this, like, massive pedestal yeah, yeah. so he, sometimes he feels this this sort of call to to keep up with this identity that people are putting him above human and when you do that no one is allowed to feel human so you have to keep up this sort of like right and um you know a big thing for me especially within business is like i'm very willing to go and show you my good traits and my and my not admirable admirable traits i'm going to allow your risk analysis for me to be very accurate very, very accurate, mm. right? And this is a lot of time as well. Like I talk to people about like psychologically wise people who swear are actually more trusting. Have you heard that? 
fuck, fuck shit, <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> right, but that, you know the thing. Sign up for my training now. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing. The thing about that is, and I've, I've said to people at um, I've spoken at an event, and and one of my pieces was how to be an asshole and have amazing friends. And I'm like, oh, what? And it's like it's not so much. It's not the actual swearing that people trust. It's not the actual act of the swearing. It's it's the it's the behavior or the allowing behind it. It's like I'm not curbing my language which means I'm not trying to uh, alter myself to do what I think is going to get you to like me, right? So I'm going to show you my good, but also I'm going to run the risk of you not liking parts about me, but I'm going to place it in, in your hands to go and have fair uh, risk analysis of whether or not you want to have anything to do with me or not, right? And that takes authenticity and, and courage. But a lot of people pull back their, um, their sort of shadows or their dark, whatever, um, to go and appease people to get them on board, right? We see it all. We see it all the time. It's like people put their, their, their you know, their best foot forward all the time, mm. right? But that's why people trust people that um, are authentic and they are capable of showing parts of themselves that maybe run the risk of not being seen as admirable, because then your risk analysis of them is more accurate for you to decide whether or not you want to have them in your life. And people trust that. Mm. But the, and this is the same thing. It's like there's people I dislike that I trust more. Like I trust that I dislike them. Mm. So thank you for that. Like I, tr like I trust that I don't want, well, not dislike, but I don't want to sort of be around you too often. And there's people that I kind of like, but they've only shown me some parts of them, which leads me to leave the stuff that you, you're, you're trying to, you're, you're altering your behavior, right? There's something in the, in the background. There's always something in the background. There always is. Until you can show me that, like I'm indifferent, right? I'm very indifferent. Because you've got to understand, it's like accepting a full human means it comes with both. And I think, especially in our line of work, and we're like with coaches and, and all these people, is that they go from like this like grandiosity at one point where it's like, I've had the worst wounding. I've had the worst experiences. I've had the worst events happen to me. I'm the most, you know, I've had to come back from the most traumatic stuff. And then they kind of do some of the work and they go grandiose the other way where now I'm above human, mm. right? And they skip this motor part and then they're propped up here. So anytime that they reflex back into the human state, which you are heavily flawed as a human, people are gonna try and hold you to this standard that you're not capable of, but you've done it to yourself because you wanna like, I need to be above people for them to give me the respect or the validation for them to want mm. me to coach them rather than live in their human humanness, which is, you know, I'm both good and bad and I'm not going to prop myself on this massive pedestal. I'm not going to allow you as well. I'm going to show you I'm heavily flawed, right? Not just tell you about it, but I like express it and show it so that you can, you know, trust that I'm not going to, I'm willing to show my darkness on the front end, which means that I'm less likely to go and inflict it in manipulative ways that I'm not in control of or I have no awareness of, right? Mm. If that makes sense. So do you lead with basically like your rough edges forward and then- A lot of times, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of times like that, I mean, that's the feedback a lot of people have gotten from me. Not all the time. I mean, it's always it's circumstantial, but um, normally when I meet people, I, I'm very lighthearted light and jovial and want banter in the front end. And then people then get to know me on a little bit more of a sort of deeper level where people like, especially out here, you know, yeah. You, there's so many people. Like this, this is this is what people say. You know how you people used to say, "Well, people still do." Oh, what do you do for work? 
Yeah, and now that fucking question. <laughs> I don't even know fucking marketing. Are you judging me right now? Like, you know, that, well, they're, they're dude, it's leveling. a qualifier. Yeah, like yeah. people are trying to get you to qualify them a lot of the time, qualify, mm-hmm. get you to qualify yourself to them. Right. So, but out here it's like, well, what's your, what's your, what's your, what are your, what, what, what um, <laughs> you've got, you've got Jeanette from fucking Southern, Southern Cali. That's a yogurt. What's your, uh, what good are you bringing to the world? <laughs> what, what, what light and love are you bringing to this dimension and leading into the, why I'm do like, they do oh, that with their me. heads too? Right. They're just like, they're like, it's like a camera B roll. Like they're looking at you like a camera lens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a new quali- like it's a new sort of like qualify me to you. Like yeah. you qualify yourself to me. Whereas like a lot of times, like when I meet people, I'm super like, like I'll just, I'll just say, look, uh, uh, they asked me that pottery, love pottery. I coach, coach, uh, I scale businesses, pottery businesses to six and seven <laughs> feet, like just make up shit. Right. Cause yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, everyone sort of like wants mm. to go and prove themselves to everyone. I just like, I have no desire to, like, I have no desire. Like, and that's the, like Joel, Joel, when he first met me was like, I don't know about this dude. Right. <laughs> and I get it. And it's like, um, and then he met me and like, we hung out for a bit and, 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 he, and he got the good parts of me. Mm. Right. He got the, you know, so my shadow integration work is actually like the lighter stuff. It's no better or worse. It's just, it, it shows up differently. So I have mm. to like, you know, I had to develop these super masculine sort of type traits to feel a sense of safety within my family structure, being the only man and having four other women around me. It makes you very, very hardened, right? And then and like with my, like being a bricklayer and hanging out with like a whole bunch of people that were like, you know, maybe like people would call them unsavory. Mm. I felt like they were quite normal people at the time. What the fuck, dude? What was your childhood like? Because I'm like looking at your eyes, bro. And I'm like, you're like one of the fucking most certain people in the world. You're just like looking and burning into my eyes. I was like, dude, this guy's freaking like he could see shit, you know? Um, what was your was your childhood like? Pretty rough, or? Oh, look. I mean, again, I don't. I don't think it was. It was. It was. When, when it was this, positive. When it was positive come? and difficult in different yeah. in different ways. Like everyone, everyone else is. When, like, when were you like? When did this personality, like this side of you, or your authentic? Because maybe it was like always there. But when did you start allowing yourself to then lead with the darkness instead of being like, oh, you know, like yeah, I do network marketing. You know, I um, I am an affiliate market. You know, like I don't necessarily lead with the darkness. I just lead authentic, authentically. Yeah. Authentically is running the risk of being seen as an asshole and one of the best people. Like I say to people, like if you ask everyone that sort of know me or come across me, 50% might say I'm one of the greatest people that they've ever known. The other 50% will say I'm a complete asshole. Mm. Both are correct. And I have no desire to try and bring, like change any of that. Cause again, it's so, it's so up to interpretation. Like I'm not in control of, and this goes towards like the fear of rejection or the fear of judgment is that, you know, everyone's lived a life of experiences and things and, and thoughts that have been bred into them and, and events that have happened to them that I've had nothing to do with prior to meeting me, right? So I can't take personally how they react to necessarily the way that I show up in my life, unless I've had something to do with their whole 30 years or 25 years leading up to that point, which has formed their construction of, of how the way that they view the world. I'm not likely to take that personally. So it allows you to navigate through life going, you know what, I'm quite comfortable running the risk of people, you know, liking me or not liking me, but I'm not going to betray myself. There's been times where I betrayed myself and had people not choose me and that hurt more. Because I was like, you gave up your authenticity and alignment and congruency to try and get this person to like, and they still didn't. Mm. That 
that hurts a million times more than when you stay in alignment and that happens. Mm. Like, I just think I have a fair expectation of like, people think that the, that nine out of 10 people they come across are really going to value them. And it's like, if you don't have the same values, it's very hard to value people. It's like, the reality is, is that people that really are going to vibe with you, really, really vibe with you. Like your people, like your mm. people, right? Not just people that you kind of get, like your people. Like 0.01% of the population is 75,000 people or so. If I said to you, like 75,000 people would be people that really like fucked with you, like loved you, like with complete alignment. All we had to do was like broadcast it to everyone that is in the whole world, you know? But if I told people it's like 0.01% of people are really going to be in alignment with you because your values are all different and they come in a different hierarchy, the more closer people sort of come and fall in between the value systems, they're more going to value each other because they're in alignment with, with the values, Right? But everyone's got so many different value sets in so many different orders that when you meet those people, you vibe with them. But the reality is, is that I don't expect nine out of 10 people to really, truly vibe with me. Right? Because my expectations are much more accurate, much more fair. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think the worst is you said, you said if someone doesn't like you when you are putting like your lighter self or when you're actually trying to get them like, I think the worst is when they actually do like you when you're not your authentic self. And then that relationship goes on for maybe, I don't know, like five months, a year, two years. And then two years within it, you realize that you've been wearing a mask and then you're like, you know, this isn't actually me. And then you start being yourself. But then this person that has known you this entire time and liked you for like your fake traits, we're like, what the fuck, Ben? Like who the fuck are you? You've changed, you know, you're different, you know? This is, I mean, this is the big thing is like people when they, they like hate rejection, right? is that they think the payoff is avoiding that initial ego dent in the front end by getting this person to like them and want to date them and want to be with them by giving up their authenticity. But the authenticity has to bubble to the surface at some point. It always does, 100%, right? And then basically that's when they both reveal each other to each other. And now they're deep in this relationship and now it goes to, goes to shit. Like anything that's born out of fear, like fear of being ego dented or, or, or insecurity basically ends in fear and insecurity, right? Anything born out of fear and insecurity ends in fear and insecurity mm. and like with people that have a you know are um fearful of rejection is that they think the like i know me being full fully expressed on the you know when i'm engaging with people means that i get to find clarity and alignment faster right and the the risk for me in not being authentic in the front end means that I might get into relationships where it's like the, our, both our authentic, authenticity bubbles to the surface and we, and it falls to shit. And that's actually a bigger, bigger, harder ego dent to take than just taking the initial ego dent of someone rejecting you. Right? So you think you're dodging an ego dent by being inauthentic and getting someone to, to, to like you or to date you or to be with you or whatever. If it, if it happens without authenticity, you're setting yourself up for a, for a bigger ego dent over, over this side. Mm. So I, I'm not doing it because it's like, it's brave. It's like, I know the payoff of being authentic on the front end is, is not what most people think it is. Right. I'd rather, I'll, I'm like, my identity asserts itself. I'm someone that's very capable of taking as many ego dents as long as it's in the clarity and alignment. Mm. Right. What's like the worst ego dent that you've ever taken? That you're like, <sighs> fuck, I don't know about this authenticity shit, man. Maybe I should, you know, like get one of those suits, get that haircut wear those Gucci shoes, you know? Well, I, um, like a few, like I'd, I'd been single for seven years. 
So, and I met this girl maybe maybe a three three years ago, odd, maybe maybe four, and I'd probably been single for a few years. And I, you just start to get to this point where it's like, geez, am I even capable of like caring for someone? Mm. And uh, this this girl comes into my life, and I built this expectation, like, oh my god, this person's like incredible. <laughs> and it's like I'm su- I've got super high stand like right that's yeah. like you build that up and I'm like looking for this unicorn I have like a list of like 80 traits that I want for it. it's like not unobtainable right so you find someone like you think is close and then you started it like we started a day and like caught up and everything like that and I my expectations was were out of whack and that's what basically fucks everyone over is that like they got unhealthy expectations yeah. around stuff I didn't stay in, I didn't stay indifferent actually built it up which a lot of people do and it's like that's what fucks you over when things don't work the way you want them to so i um i like when you really want something that like work and it doesn't like so we we went on a trip and then after that you know she was deciding she wanted to move to la i'd already done the la thing and um it just didn't work and that's like that that because i was so used to like not taking too many dents because i'd never put myself in a position to be hurt Mm. right like take that as you want fear whatever right so that happened and, and like even joel saw it like that's uh, that's one of the very few times where joel seen me like uh like fuck you know even some of the things that i did during that point that led to that like i think back now i'm like oh my god but it hurts more because i gave up my authenticity and it still didn't work out the way i wanted mm. so i just made a promise to myself that i wasn't going to do that again and get comfortable with running the risk of being rejected. Like even with my girlfriend now, we met briefly. Hi, how you doing? When I'm away. I saw her at a cafe, uh, at the other th- side of the cafe, and she didn't look like she wanted to be bothered at all. So I went bothered her. Nah. <laughs> right? In that one, you get good at, reje- you, at rejection, right? So, yeah. um, uh, but you're sitting there, you're sitting there and, and you're pondering, you're going, oh, geez, that's hurt. Like I should go over and say hello. And that's your initial thought. Then you start to like think that you're rationalizing. Nah, she doesn't look like she wants to be bothered. Probably doesn't live here. Like I think maybe seeing some, whatever, right? So you, you think cognitively and like rationally, oh, it's much better not to. Yeah. And people do it to themselves all the time. Whereas like a little bit of self-awareness goes, oh, why are you doing that? Right? Why are you doing that? Are you fearful? Are you fearful legit? And then you start having this like little conversation. You're like, yeah, you are. And it gets to a point where like, and I have to teach people, it's like, if you put all your self-worth and things that you can't control, you're going to have very little. Like, so I was like, you're going to love yourself a hell of a lot more by going over there, right? Than what comes afterwards. Mm. Like I can only control what I'm capable of taking action on. And my ability to take action is where all my self-worth comes from. And I walked away loving myself even more. But did I run the risk of taking an ego dent? Fuck yeah, but I love myself more for it. So it wasn't hinged on the outcome. It wasn't hinged on the outcome. My self-worth wasn't, wasn't hinged on the outcome. It wasn't hinged on positive or negative reaffirmation. It was like, you're just capable, you're someone that loves themselves so much that they're quite comfortable approaching people and, and, and saying hello and speaking to them and running that risk. And you know, in this instance, it paid off. In other instances, not so much. You know, I've spoken to other people and I've said, you know what? There's been at times where people have coined me as emotionally unavailable just because of the length of time that I was out of a relationship. It's very easy to kind of pigeonhole someone who's like, he's emotionally unavailable. It's like, no, no, I wasn't. Like I thought, I started to believe that and I wasn't, right? And um, I, uh, I, I, I really believe that, you know, and I've said, I said that to people. And the hard thing about 
like at the beginning of dating someone you when you're expressing like what you're working through or what your issues are or what your daddy issues are or whatever right is that that can be scary for some people because they have similar things that they know that deep down they want to work on but they're not ready to Mm. so when they get in front of someone who is so open about that that wants that that is, is sharing you know what like I feel like I'm a great person, but I'm definitely working through some stuff. I just, you know, I'm like open with you and it's, you know, it's vulnerable. And some people have gone, nah, right? Some people have gone, nah. And the thing is, is that it turns out like they had stuff that was very similar, but they weren't ready to get on it. So then confronting with someone that's ready to get on the front foot, they think that they're going to be expected or held to a standard to do the same. And they're just not ready for that, Mm. which means that they're not ready for you. And I said the same things to my, my now, uh, I expressed with my girlfriend now, you know, similar things. Hey, look, this is why my behavior sort of been like this. I'm like, like, I know I'm aware of it. This is what's been the cause of it. This is what I'm working through. Um, I just want like get on board and let you know. Cause she already knew the positive traits. Cause we, cause you're always like on the front foot a lot of the time with, you know, getting to know each other and mm. good. And she was just strong enough to be able to like respect that and value it and be, confident enough to 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 own her stuff as well and and grow and work work through stuff together and that was a big differentiator mm-hmm. uh, differentiator between you know um my girlfriend now was that she was just really capable of of respecting the fact that i i was open about those things and didn't try to shy away from them and mm-hmm. she likes the fact that i get on the front foot like that some people just aren't ready i just i and i, and I found one that was well the worst is if you know, you weren't like that. And then fucking five years later, you want to do something else, but then they're like, who the fuck are you? You know, but then it has to, you just wasted your fight. Like, I think the worst thing is just wasting your time with people that won't actually increase the quality of your life as well as like, of course, there's like a value exchange, you doing it for the same for them. But I'm just like thinking, dude, imagine most people going through their entire life from like year 20 they graduate then they go to job they fucking talk to sally from accounting like bob the boss and like hey bob how's going how's work today and it's just like this fucking bullshit till like they're 50 they're just like sleeping with this wife that's just the glorified roommate and the entire time they're just never actually saying what's on top of their mind and you kind of see like you, you you see some people in relationships like that they're like oh hey baby like almost like tiptoeing even after five or ten years of dating them like oh hey and then like Mm -hmm. asking permission and is it okay because you're afraid of like offending someone um because i think it's all just fear of like it all stems from the fear of like death or loneliness which is also derived from the fear of death because if you're alone in the tribe you actually die off yeah it increases your yeah i mean yeah i mean there's there's one there's one fear like if there was an all-encompassing fear that everything falls under it's loss of self then it kind of branches out. Loss of self. Loss of self. And then it branches into physical and identity wise. So the, the physical deaths are like quite obvious. Don't yeah. jump off that cliff. Don't go near that bear. Right? Bear or beer? Be- bear. Beer? Bear. Beer? Beer. This Aussie guy bear. says don't go by the beer. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, nah, you Scam! Can do Scam! He's not being authentic. <laughs> um, so, but with the identity stuff, it's like, well, this contradicts your identity. Yeah. As to you've done a great job of surviving up until now. Anything that contradicts this identity means that I know myself less, which means my safety and security of being able to navigate life in a way where I mm. survive is, is maintained or increased. Right. So that's why people even have a harder time. That's why people fear public speaking more than they fear actual death itself. Cause it's almost like the same correlation. Yeah. Right. 
Well, if they fuck up, then they kill them, you know, like in the travel times. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like that, like it gets so layered. It's like, yeah. fuck, if I'm not liked on this, it means I get no more gigs, means I get no more uh, clients, means I'm now lonely. People ridicule me and then I'm which by my myself, which, which means, sorry? Which will, then my family starves and then- My family starves, then I like, and it, it goes like down like that. Whereas like they make these things like these massive pivotal moments in their life where it's not, they're not able to mm. recover from. Right. It means so much more than just having a fear of like whatever it is, rejection, you know? And that was the, th that's the, that was a beautiful thing about me being able to walk up and, and say hello to my now girlfriend was just, you know, with growth, you have to be willing to cause death to your identity on a frequent, mm. frequent level. How often do you die? Do you think? Oh, like once a week, uh, every month? at least. I mean, most of my, most of my, I think in this, I think this day and age, a lot of people are looking to be right rather than trying to find what's useful. You know, with a lot of people's arguments, like, I want to be right mm. rather than having a discussion. I, I, like I'm quite, I want to go and find what's useful. I want to find what's truth. And I'm quite comfortable being wrong along the way. And that's how I form my, you know, be, being allowed to be wrong is, is being the quintessential standing point of my whole growth and should be for everyone else's. If you have a very rigid growth mindset, it means that you, you're looking to be right more than you're trying to find what's useful, mm. you know? Yeah, it's so weird. Cause like, I feel like my entire life, it, it, it's, it stems from just like this, like either like Joel's problem, like all the way up in this like ego and like, oh, look at me, Mr. Success. And then um, getting a little <laughs> bit too obnoxious. Seriously, I'll get too obnoxious. And then I'll start like studying some Buddhism and then seeing that, oh, the self doesn't exist, detachment. And then start like perceiving me from like other people's eyes and seeing how I like impede on their like realities. I'm like, oh, wow, I feel a little bit bad. You know, um, maybe I should just kind of, uh, dim my light a little bit just so that, you know, other people could exist on the reality. So I like stem from this crazy, just overall obnoxious in your face, like don't really caring authentic self to then getting too far into, for example, spirituality, then perceiving me from like other people's eyes and be like, oh fuck, I'm actually an asshole. And then me just going too far on the other end in my entire life. It's just like this part dies. And then I go down there. I'm like, fuck this, this person sucks too. Um, he needs to die too. And it's like almost every day. It's just like that, dude. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm only as authentic as I'm conscious of, obviously, yeah. you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's all well and good for me to go there. Like I try to be as authentic. Yeah. I yeah. try to be authentic, but for a large part. And again, like where, what are we? 95% unconscious. Yeah. We're 5% conscious. That's what I find hilarious about like a lot of people that go around like, like I'm conscious. Dun, 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 dun. It's like fucking ease up Aurora. Like, Going from 5% conscious to 6% isn't really tipping the fucking scale, is it? Mm. Of like, uh, if you're going to get the 51%, they might be able to tilt your scale of consciousness. But at the end of the day, you're going to be majority unconscious for the whole, for your whole life. You might be in previous self-awareness, but like, you know, that, that kind of like, that term gets thrown around. Yeah, but I mind. mean, it, it's like, it makes sense why we're only conscious about that much. Because I remember in this, I fucking learned this shit in network marketing. This guy was like talking about like the the law of correct perception and how if we actually could perceive a hundred percent of reality with our consciousness, we would just go insane. Oh no, you don't want it. You, you just you like, don't want uh, it. you only want to focus like us as humans. We only need to focus on like that 5% on what we could actually control. Like what you were talking about. But if I could perceive everything and be conscious, even about like my heartbeat at all times, or even my digestion mm. or like my blood flowing through my brains or the neurons firing, I would just probably go insane. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is sort of how I explain it. Like for me anyway, like I've got my sort of relationship with whatever higher self or whatever, like spirituality. 
but I kind of see it as like, you know how you go to a movie? So you've got your life, you've got everything that goes on within it. And then you go to this movie and for that time of the movie, you forget about everything within your life. You're only focused on that movie, right? Mm. So what happens is the, screen's, the screen gets wider and everything goes black, right? It goes black so you can experience that better. You can focus on that better. You can enjoy that better. You can go, you can, you can have that experience in a more fully ex- sort of aware way, right? So that's the whole, that's the way I see life is that we need it. We need aspects to go dark so we can experience this in its full humanness as much as possible. And then whatever comes after, we get to go back to that for whatever, like eternity or whatever. But for right now, we can't, being conscious of everything would ruin this experience of what we want, what, what we want it for, right? That's when you start to go away from trying to be human and something greater than that. That's not the point of why we're here. It's not. It's for a full human experience. Not to become fucking starseed and warlock and dun 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 We're here for full humanness. Here. Right? So we need to have a level of unconsciousness to be able to go and experience what we came here for with the good and the bad as, as thorough as we can. Then we go back to an attorney or whatever, wherever we came from. Mm. That's how I view it anyway. I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm agnostic. So I know that like, I don't believe we're meant to know what there is. Um, I don't think we're capable of it. And I don't, I don't think we should. But I believe there's something greater. Mm. I just don't claim to specifically know which one it is or what it is. That's my, that's my relationship, mm. right? So I'm just here. This is the gift. This life is the gift. Not what comes after. Yeah. That's, that's, my, my, that's my relationship anyway. Like Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about, you could have been born a shoe. Like it's just amazing <laughs> that you were born a human. You know? <laughs> have you seen Blobfish? That, you know what I say? Yeah. Like, uh, fuck it. Well, like, we can pull it up, bro. Yeah, we gotta, pull up a Blobfish. Can you pull up a Blobfish? B-L-O-B. That's pretty dope, bro. We could Google anything. Yeah. I pick up, if you can pull up a picture of a blobfish, that's a blobfish, right? What the fuck? What is that? Like, you could have been that. You could have been that. I think it'd be that over a shoe, though. <laughs> yeah, but you could. Is that yeah. an actual thing? Can you eat no, that? That's a, no, I don't know if you'd want to, but like. Um, what, look at that. Literally looks like a sad face. Yeah, yeah. It lo- lo- that's a legitimate animal. There's right? people that actually look like that. He's just frowning. Could you imagine the people that like, uh, like would be leaving reincarnation? It's like, fuck me. Imagine what if you ended up fuck? like, that's what you came back in the next life. You know what I mean? You'd start like celebrating the fact that you got a chance to be human a little bit more. Can you imagine those two like reproducing? I think that'd be like the most. Oh, imagine living like that. I'm just, uh, I'm at, my what? gratitude for being able to just having a human experience is like yeah. ridiculous, you know? What if they're podcasting though and they're like, oh, they're Googling humans. They're like, fuck, look at how ugly these humans are. Look how smiling oh, no, they are all be, the time. We'd be disgusting to them We'd as be well. so disgusting. They'd look at us and be like, ugh, always happy and grateful. <laughs> Fucking talking about authenticity and bullshit. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do they, what, what is it? That's an actual thing. Where do they live? Is that from Australia? In the ocean. Um, of course in the ocean. Nah, all our animals like are super, birds. Our animals are super attractive, bro. They're all they're either dangerous or, or cute. Yeah, they're all dusty. They either kill you or you like you wanna you wanna hug them. Yeah, you know. So yeah. no, I don't know this where that comes. Australia. It is. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one is that? It's that's probably the one that could kill you then if it's not the one that you want to hug. Sorry guys, it's Russian. Why is it in Russian? <laughs> 
Oh. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, it's just Australian. Oh, man. Dude, yeah. that's I've never come. I've fish. personally never that come across your one. Fish. I don't know what's happening in our water, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. something needs to happen. Um, I think that's what Yeah, happens. so I think about that. It's like, fuck, I could have been that thing. But here's the thing. I think it's beautiful. So everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to be like uh like the fucking beautiful fish with like the rainbow colors and they're like wow but what we need to really be is just show that blobfish to more people like our the blobfish of ourselves yeah and then if people love it like other blobfishes are like yo that's like a freaking sexy blobfish and then they make babies right but th- yeah if we heard the blobfish's story like my mm, one like of my the why one the of my what's <laughs> the why no it, it could have a, it could have a bullshit why it would fucking annoy us but um it's a static dancing in Ubud <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think some of the girls like would probably date date someone like that out there if he was really mm. like in his feminine and flow you yeah know what probably I mean? um but like my mentors got like there's not a single human being that you wouldn't like on earth if you knew their story you know that's mm. the funny thing about you know the Joker movie that that just came out. Like for centuries, like not centuries, centuries, like for for thousands for, of years, for, thousands for a millennia. Years. Um, the uh, the joke has always been like, oh, he, he's fucked, right? Yeah. Oh, what a bad dude. And then in one movie, you get to see what like led, and then people were like, mm. that makes sense. Oh, totally get it, totally get it, right? Mm. And in in a sense, that's, that is a lot of shadow, like shadow work, is to go, is to understand that. Everything that uh, Hitler had in him, you have in him. Everything the Dalai Lama had in, it, in him, has in him, you have in you. And just the acceptance of that. Whether or not you inflict it or not is going to depend on your uh, experiences over your lifetime. Fuck, that's an amazing thing what you just said. Uh, what would you say again? Um, if you literally can't hate anyone if you know their story. If you know. Their authentic story. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I'd like Hitler. Like I know Hitler's story but I can understand what led to him behaving the way it's like, I don't, I don't condone it. I don't like it. Right. And I don't like him necessarily, but if you, and it was, a, it was the same as the Joker is like, if it, it, people just, it depends on whether or not you believe in nature versus nurture, you know, for a large part, I think nurture is like, and again, not condoning, but when, with this stuff, you need to go to the extremes to make, you know, to make the point. Like that's the most extreme thing that I can go towards to go on that's why and people can be less judgmental as well when it's like the only re- like if i met someone that did something fuck something really fucked the only reason and, and you think in your in that experience that you do better yeah of course you would because you've had different experiences you've had different people around you you've had different events in your life that have allowed you to have a bit have a have a different viewpoint on the world that has led you to be able to make more moral decisions well in your interpretation of moral right and it's the same with then knowing that you're you're good, good, you know. Not that I'm going to go and do any of those like any of that stuff, but I know inherently that uh, the fibers that that both people were cut from, I'm cut from the same cloth, and I can't get in my more like like a lot of time. I've experienced different things that allowed me to make different decisions, you know. And that's going to be hard. That's that'll be hard for people to digest. But like you have to go to extremes with a lot of things to go and test people's sort of morality and go and increase their lack of judgment Mm. a lot of the time. Mm. Again, Hitler is a fuckhead. Just fucking clarifying, right? (laughs) In my opinion, that validation, bro, for your authentic self, right? Yeah, uh, like not a fucking good dude. 
Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but and then the same as well as like the Dalai Lama is a good dude as well, like a fucking incredible person. Mm. And I have the I have the potential to do as as much good as him. Mm. And then understanding both means you get to dictate the control of it and not inflict it in in uncontrolled manners. Mm. You know, it's just so weird because everyone just wants like vanilla. They just want to be like this, you know, instead of experiencing any of the extremes. Because like before to actually get to your authentic selves. It almost feels like you have to kind of show the Dalai Lama, the, the Dalai Lama, that whatever Dalai, Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama. Yeah. yeah, you show the Dalai Lama side of you, but then you also have to experience like the Hitler side of you to really just kind of get it. Do you ever yeah. realize that you have every every human has every single trait? Yeah. It just depends on whether they whether or not they express them or suppress them. It's like dials dials on the board. Mm. You know, like you've repressed, head. you've repressed that, that trait and you've expressed that one. You express this one, this one's at this level, this one's at this level. And then if people want to then ultimately change their life or do anything, they have to go and tweak, tweak, tweak mm. the traits down, express more, suppress more, this, right? Mm. You tinker with them and you get a different outcome, right? So that's why, like, while I don't agree with a lot of people's actions and I wouldn't take any of their actions at some level, if I understood what led to them, I might be like, oh, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's a hot, it's diff, it's difficult to not get construed in a way where it's like, yeah, but you're like, you're saying that's fucking good. I'm not, not saying that at all. Yeah. It's really weird. I feel like where we are kind of like in this uh, time of humankind, it's almost like all, all these people are just kind of, you know, blind and drunk and just like bumping into walls, just trying to like figure out their lives, trying to find like the light switch in a dark room. And it's almost like the people that are the most authentic that just keep on peeling off each of their masks more and more and just like showing their warts and everything are like the people that are going to be, it's where the, the most successful, the most financially free, the most happy. Um, it's just weird how like us as humans, we weren't ingrained with, actually, I know why you've read the book Sapiens. Yeah, so the dude, freaking everyone's yeah, talking about. So I was like, oh, I have to like, I, I'm dyslexic basically, so I had to like listen to the audiobook. Um, but it was basically saying how all these animals, you know, uh, the person like a lion or a shark took 30 million years to get the apex predator, like the top mm. of the food hierarchy, right? Human beings only 30,000 years. So what we have kind of hardwired inside of us is kind of like when, and they talk about this in Network Marketing all the time, like, oh, if someone in the trailer park wins a freaking lottery, they make millions of dollars, but then a year later, they just lose it all. They're depressed or everyone in their family hates them or they're dead because their, their identity did not match that, right? Their, their identity is still here, like broke person. Then they have hundreds of millions coming in their bank account. And because of that, 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 to that death of self and not really understanding how to deal with that, they just fucking kill themselves off. It's almost like us as humans, it's like within 30,000 years, we literally got to the top and we're like, fuck, we're almost like these scared, frail creatures, right? It was talking about how when the first sapiens saw other species that are like sapiens, kind of like them, like the other hominids or whatever, they would just kill them because they just judge them. So it explains like all of our racism, our judgment, because that's just kind of like what was programmed into our biology, you know, like that nature versus nurture thing. Maybe the opposite of what you were talking about, because you were saying nurture, but this is, this makes sense. When I oh, listen to the book, the nature side of things. We're still heavily ingrained. Yeah. Like primarily. Like I think people get it on their high horses because we're human and we have, you know, we've been able to do more things and they think, I mean, they think that, you know, 
to some degree we're still not very primalistic in our decision making and, and and what we choose and that like that's that's signified on you know the tree of hypergamy what's that hypergamy yeah the tree of hypergamy uh it, it's kind of like uh the natural selection you know natural selection yeah. it's like the top of the trick like there's this and, and this isn't for every every like in every circumstance but like typically women never never sort of like put it this way like a ceo of a massive company male typically would go would be would still date someone in just like a, in a regular job whereas mm. like if you took a, a female ceo they're very unlikely to go and date down if that makes sense mm. On, unless they've had abandonment issues or they've taken uh, heavy rejection, they might seek out a male that's lower just for safety reasons mm. from from that aspect. And, that's and most, of, most of them don't even find it. Like most of them, like a lot of high-powered, independent women who are like powerful tend to scare away even like higher quality men. So a lot of them also just suffer severe loneliness because they're like, fuck, I have all this success, I have all this money, but I'm still like alone. Mm. Yeah, I dare say a lot, a lot of them do. I mean, they've put their career yeah. first. And um, yeah, so that's like the tree of hypergamy. It's just sort of like what rises to top. And this is why we actually need monogamy. Because this is the thing. It's like 20% of the men, if there, if there wasn't such a thing as monogamy, the top 20% of men, right, would have their pick of 80% of the women. And they'd spread their seed between 80, like the, the 80, 80%. And then... 80% of men that aren't sort of like expressing the sort of powers within traditional sense of the world, within, mm. within the, world, the society that we live in, right? The men, which some, some people call the subordinate males, would not have their pick of, of the females, which then they would cause an issue for society by backlashing. So like, that's why monogamy is, is needed is that mm. it is that everyone, like everyone gets a chance to sort of spread their seed. Whereas it was just complete polyamory, whatever. Mm. Um, 20% of the men that are at the top, top of the top of the tree of hypergamy would basically have their pick of 80% of the women. And that would then cause the, the, the man, the men that are down the bottom part to cause issues, right? This is just, this is obviously theories, mm. right? But there's, uh, there's some consistencies. Is that why you, you got a relationship? Me, yeah. Um, I'd say it plays a part for sure. I mean, women look for health to be able to carry, like, um, I, I like to have the genes of like someone that's like healthy. Like that's why sometimes for men it's like, and Jordan Peterson said this once. It's like sometimes it's hard for rejection for men because it's basically the women saying, "I don't think your uh, genes are worth uh, carrying on," <sighs> which is like, it's like oh fuck right that's why men take rejection like like fucking heart because it's like i don't think your i don't think your genes are, are worth carrying on can you imagine <laughs> if that's exactly how you were rejected at a club like no your genes oh, aren't worthy for my from a primal ovaries. unconscious that's like so i'm not saying like there's so many ways that the things that i talk about can be can misconstrued in so many like so easily right because mm. it's just like i like social like exploring social social psychology and things like that. And it's not saying that I agree with everything. It's just like, that's what yeah. people discuss. But yeah, like, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times men crave freedom in a number of different matters. Just, just doesn't mean like doing whatever they want. I mean, it's like freedom in a whole bunch of other ways. And when women, women a lot of time crave safety and security. So it's like, 
Uh, if if a man's sort of societal wise sort of quite accepted within a group, that's a great thing. If their ability to go and protect and and um, protect is is up there as well, like they're primarily what people look for without knowing it. And then obviously, then personality traits mm. are a big big part of that. And I'm not saying that's the biggest indicator, but um, yeah. So, do you ever get urges of just like going back to like polygamy, like? Cause, cause oh, you, I've you, never been polygamous. No. I mean, or just like dating multiple women. That's basically like the exact same thing. Um, you went from like dating some like multiple women or one at a time, like serial monogamy. Nah, is that what it is? I, yeah. I know. I, um, I would date. I traveled a lot. Yeah. I traveled a lot. So, um, but I did at one point. Like, like I was dating two people, but they knew about each other. Okay. And the agreements were, it was open until they kind of knew about each other. And then th they put a face to it and it became difficult. And then it, it started to cause me anxiety. I was trying to make two people happy. It wasn't official or anything like yeah. that. But, um, and then I ended it with one and then ultimately the other one ended. And that was a, n a number of months before I met my, um, mm. my now partner. But like when you're with your partner, do you like, of course, it's always like natural to have urges to always see like other people that you're attracted to. And then it's so weird. It's like when you're in a relationship, sometimes you don't want to be in a relationship. But then when you're not in a relationship, you're like, fuck, man, it'd be really nice to just have like a dope girl to like kick it with, you know? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's obviously going to depend on like what your wounding is and how you medicate. Yeah. Um, and a vast majority of things. Like I was single for you know, seven years and like my, you know, some people like this, we'll, we may as well just go into like my, I guess, father issues. Okay. Why don't we just do that? Let's do it. Is that, is, I know it's not a good leeway, but fuck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Validation. Daddy issues. Daddy issues. Everyone has them. Daddy, fucking, I, like everyone probably has 95% of people, right? So it's not unusual. And if they don't, they're a fucking blobfish. Well, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe they have it as well. Maybe I'm judging. Maybe, <laughs> but like, so I mean, there's different ways of like you're gonna accrue like father issues, like incarceration, left, unemotional, show no affection. There's a whole, whole string of like how it doesn't mean that they're absentee. It could be like things like they weren't affectionate. So, um, you know, some people play it out by being like they get a pseudo self worth from overachieving or being a workaholic, getting retrieving that love through their work and their esteem through their work. And then some people get their pseudo self-worth or redemption through multiple sexual partners, right? Mm. But feel very empty still afterwards because it's pseudo, pseudo self-worth, right? So for a long time, like for a little bit there, maybe a few years ago, like I uh, probably reached my crescendo where um, I was like, fuck, I got to like, I don't know if I'm in control of this as much as I thought I was. You know, um, and uh, I was like, oh fuck, I, like, and, and I and I and I researched it, and I was like, I, was, I wasn't sex addict, but I was like borderline, so I wasn't like in con fully in control. Where this is the thing is that when you say uh, things like uh, like to bring from the unconscious to the conscious, you have to look at what you vehemently deny, what you deny the most. And have a good look at it, and then brings out the unconscious into the conscious. And I was saying it's just personal preference. Like my singleness is just personal preference. Vehemently. It's just how I am. 
No, there's reason for every behavior, whether you know it or not, right? And I was very, very ignorant, right? So later on down the track, you know, I, I see a book and it's, it's father therapy and, I, and I'm like, I'm going to read this book. This could probably help a lot of people. Not me, because I haven't got father issues. <laughs> Not me, I'm sound, but this could help people. So I want to learn it, right? And I read through the book. I'm like, this is fucking me, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I started to get on control because there was times and I'm being like, this is candid. Like, again, I can be objective looking at myself and without judgment, right? Everyone's got their stuff. So I, um, I realized like I, I wasn't in control because I was doing things that I wouldn't do for anything else. Like I'd get up at like midnight and drive out what, wherever in a half sleep just to go and have sex with someone and then go home. I was like, you wouldn't fucking get up for anything else in your life. But the, the difficult thing is like the things like workaholism and like, uh, like sex is like the most socially acceptable ones where you can get through where some people are like, God, I fucking wish I could work harder or I could have more sex. But the issue is, is like, if you don't, aren't in control of it, if the variables are taken away, like let's hypothetically say down the line, like I'm not as young as I am, um, don't have as much, have as much accessibility, but it, that's still my crux. That's still my medicator. That's what's still trying to regain needs that I felt I, I didn't gain as a child, love-wise, from my father. Basically, if I took those variables out, it might manifest into a different one because I haven't attended to the things that are under the surface that are causing me to have that behavior, right? So it's like, how do you get on top of something that's not hurting you that bad now, but you forecast that it could cause you issues, right? It's not the fact that I'm doing, uh, was doing what I was doing. It's the fact that I wasn't in control. And if you took away the variables, which likely could happen, I might manifest that that addiction in a different way or potential addiction in a different way, alcoholism, drug, this or that, or I might start inflicting that in really unhealthy ways, right? So I had to then go and sit in it. I wasn't allowed to go and search for like women. I wasn't allowed to go and do this. I wasn't allowed to do that. Stop going out as like going out. So, and I, I felt shit for fucking weeks sitting in it like fucking shit. And, uh, and then that's obviously one of the big things that I was speaking to my new partner about and that, that she could respect, right? That's I'm, I'm getting on the front foot with it. I'm not just being like, oh yeah, you know what? I was like this. It's like, I've gone and paid attention to it so that it doesn't, that I get to the crux of why I was behaving like that or why I needed that or why I was getting my pseudo self-worth from that so that at least I'm in, I'm, I'm in control. Right. If I do choose to do what it, to do what it is, right. So then, um, that's sort of been my process over like the last mm. sort of bit of time is to you you got to look at things that you've been in. Don't have that issues. There's a difference between looking for cause and blaming. Like I never wanted to blame anyone for the way that I showed up in my life. So then you just go and don't look for a cause, right? It's not that I'm blaming. It's like I just went and looked for a cause. Mm. And I found it. And then finding the cause allowed me to go and start to do the work. And it required me feeling shitty for a, for a good good number of time to sit in it. Because you have to. Like people still then try to medicate out of, out of stuff by like getting that quick fix. And I was just like depriving myself of this thing that for seven years I've like used as a, as a pseudo self-worth medicator. Right? And it's, it's the same triggering mechanisms that are the same as like gambling addictions or porn addictions or... Uh, Alcohol, drugs, workalism, over-exercising. Very similar un under things that are similar under the surface. Mine just manifested in that manner. 
doesn't mean it's any better. It's still got the same causes and has the potential to go and merge into something else. Like if we took someone that was over-exercising and they got injured and they weren't able to medicate through over-exercising, it doesn't mean that they'd just be completely fine there. They'd go and they'd take that and it'd turn into something else that would be medicated, maybe something more unhealthier or socially more unhealthier. So that's the risk of not having a real good fucking look at like all your behaviors, even the ones that you deny and that, that aren't an issue, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that was difficult. It fucking knocked me on the head. Behaviors. This person acts like this. Oh fuck. It's like, I needed this book, right? <laughs> that's a funny thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to get that book for everyone else. And it's like, no, you unconsciously, it, unconsciously it's reached out going no motherfucker you need that book mm. but my ego goes I don't need that book everyone else needs that book and I'm going to be able to help people through reading this book you know mm. so what was a big thing like once you figured that out and you healed that how did it then affect the other aspects of your life I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I've healed it yet I'm definitely still in my process mm. it doesn't mean that I'm like called to go and to do it but to, to, to inflect those same behaviors or whatever. Um, again, a little, bit of, a little bit of it, I think at the time was like, I, I think the self-worth aspect came from like the, the ability to have variety more than the actual sex itself, I think. Just like, well, if I, can, if I can be attracted to a lot of people, right? The sex was just like a lot of times just as out the after part, mm. right? It was so, like validating the ego. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and that's no more admir like no more better than any of the other addictions. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't addicted, but I was, I probably was like under level one. There's like level one, level two, level three. And then like, I was probably like, uh, if like I've gotten into my older stages, it might've actually morphed into that. Mm. Right. So I was getting on the front foot before that even, even happened, you know? So mine it's, it's it's especially it's harder when when one's just socially more validated like you get guys are like fuck i wish i could you know what i mean like, like fuck that, right? you man that sounds and like an amazing like, fucking like, like thing nah dude fucking daddy issues yeah that's why I've, that's why i'm fucking acting like this you know mm. so and that that was um you know and this is the thing i don't feel like it's a blight on me to express this stuff you know like people feel safer around me to be themselves because I get on the front foot. Like, especially in the, in, the, in, the, in the personal growth world, like my biggest gift to people in that world is I'm gonna allow you to be human, but I'm going to be human around you. I'm not gonna put you on a pedestal. I'm not gonna put myself on a pedestal. I'm gonna put myself at high expectations, like too high expectations. So you're, gonna, you're not gonna know why you like being around me, but it's because you get to fucking be you in your darkness and in your light and I'm, and I'm, and it's like, that's what it is. Mm. Right. And that's why people don't understand. That's why I've got fucking incredible people around me. Incredible people. I'm very savage and ruthless when it comes to my environment. I've got fucking some of the best people in the world around me. And some people that don't know me go, why do these people hang out with him? It's because I allow people to be human and most people don't fucking let them. Right. That makes it super, super comfortable. Right, but I have to get on the front foot first. That's my gift. That's not my vulnerability. That's my gift to people, if that makes sense. Mm. You know? How do you keep yourself doing? Because I'll find myself that I'll do that for like a good amount of time and then I'll just like ease back and I'll ease back and then maybe I'll start thinking about what they're thinking about. 
you know? You, I mean, you, you just got to do your best. Like you're not, that's the thing about being, like that's, that's allowing yourself to be the human. Yeah. You're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to. To expect that you can causes a lot more judgment on yourself. Mm. You get to reflect and go, you know what? I could have been better. You don't want to lay a shame. Like guilt is like, can be very useful. It means that you can go and you know what? I didn't like how I behaved in that and I get to rectify it. You never want to try and layer, layer, layer it with shame. Like I'm a fucking terrible person. It's like you're human. Maybe see it as guilt, but then go and, go and look to rectify it. You can move out of, you know. That's the other thing is like, people, I think a lot of times feel less shameful around me as well. Or I don't perpetuate layering the shame. If that makes sense. What's like the biggest thing that's angering you right now, man? Angering me? Yeah. Like you think about it, you're like, fuck that blobfish. Holy shit. <laughs> that's like coming from my I, country, I, my country, that ugly music. I empathize with the blobfish. I felt like a blobfish fucking a couple times in my life. But yeah. um, what were those times? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know what blobfishes feel like, but. They probably um, love it. They're like, fuck, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy that my face looks like this so that people can authentically. Like, I feel like the animals. Like uh, in biology, there's mutualism or synergism or whatever when like animals work with other animals, you know, like the big shark and then the little shark that just chills and like eats the, the, the leftovers and the big mm. shark doesn't eat it. Dude, the people that fuck with the blobfish, I feel like that relationship is like this, mm. you know? Like there's no, there's like no two-faced fishes hanging out with the blobfish. Like yeah, the, yeah. the squad that are with the blobfishes with like the, the sadness that literally shows on their face and they stick around, those are dope relationships. Yeah. And I think when you like you you love who you are, you you set good boundaries, mm. right? And you, <laughs> and you don't, <laughs> and you just you, you're very comfortable looking for people that are aligned and not everyone, and allowing to have people not decide to to be in your life mm. or for you to choose not being them. You know, last thing I'd want at the end of my life is to be like you fucking hang around too many people that. You went alignment yeah. with, dude. You know, so what was the question? I don't even remember. I realized I realized what my crux was. Uh, just while you were talking about it. it's, it seems like every single time that I meet someone that makes more money than me, it immediately just dents my fucking ego, and then I go in either like workaholicism or just like wanting to scale a bit too fast, and it just like burns me out. But it was like really beautiful that I just noticed what my crux is after you just like shared what yours was. Yeah, the thing the thing about that is is like there's a there's a there's a truth and a lie to like accruing more. Yeah, and I think it was um, Dr. D. Martini that shares this story. I can't be certain, but he talks about like if you were if you were in a woods and you were like naked and had no food and it was cold and it was wet and it was raining, uh, had no water, right? You'd be like, "Fuck, this sucks," you know. But if you found a cabin and company. And they gave you a rug and a bed to sleep in and food and water. You, your, your happiness would monumentally increase. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. We as humans see that multiplication past that point and then think going gaining more of that, timesing that means also the same amount of timesing of that happiness, which that's the false part. It doesn't multiply part, past that as much as what you think, you know? And it's like as well... And then this is another thing that um, D. Martini talks about is um, like he spoke to a he spoke to a real estate uh, real estate agent, 
and he was talking to him and he was coaching him and he was like, he was feeling really shitty. And he was like, well, what have you, what, let, explain your life to me and what have you got? Like, what's your relationship with family? Like, uh, I've got a house and here and I've got, you know, two cars, I've got a practice, um, I've got a family, you know, we travel a, th- a few times a year. And um, he goes, who you, who you compare yourself to? And he goes, no one. He goes, have a think. Have a think. Who are you, who are you comparing yourself to? And he goes, well, there's this dude up on the hill. And, um, well, tell me about him. Well, he's got two practices. He's got a big, big, bigger house on the hill. He's got five cars. And he goes, well, tell me about his family. And he goes, well, his, his wife is, is estranged. Uh, his, his son doesn't talk to him. Uh, and because he's so busy, he doesn't get any time to travel. And he goes, all right, so knowing all that, tell me whether or not you'd trade with him. And he was like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right? So it's so easy to go and focus on all the things, right? But like that, that again is like the value system. It's like if you know your values and you stay within them, you don't like over inflate what other people's values are. Like stop comparing your high values to other people's high values, right? Like I know mine is like, you know, my family, my health, my like traveling, um, uh, you know, my, my friends and my business and like, right. And I know that there's people that have got more than me, but I dare say that that value is at the top. Whereas mine that's flourishing at the top is separate to theirs. But if I compare my top value to their top value, I'm always going to feel shitty. You know, I'm always going to feel shitty. And I've done that to myself. They've had to pay the cost of not having the same high values as me that I've got. Right. So at the end of the day, I know that there's a lot of people that are making more money than me that are doing this, that are more notorious, that have got more bigger following and got all of these things. But their value systems aren't the same as mine. I know what mine are. I stay in my lane. I'm not going to compare to this. I've got to, I, I have the ability to travel. I love that. I have a great family system. I love that. I've got great family. I love that. Who's to say that they don't have a really poor, like they don't have the ability to travel as much or they've got a shitty friendship circle or their health is poor. Things that I value. So then I'm going to take the things that I value and I'm going to fucking throw them out because this person has one of my lower values. Mm. That's the thing that fucking people mess up with is like they take one of their lower values that they actually don't give a fuck about because they don't have it. If you if it was a high value, you'd, you'd have it just automatically. But then they go and compare one of their low values to someone's high value. It's like, well, fuck. Why don't I have that? Because it's a low value. It's not <laughs> Shit, yours. Dude, my brain is like... <laughs> I feel like the blobfish just evolving into... Just like a bigger blobfish, but like with a smile on his face. But that's, that's fucking powerful. That's how dude. I. St- that, that's that's the thing, man. That's like again, like I'm very very grateful, yeah. but I also stay the, I stay the fuck in my lane. Like I know there's people that are gonna outwear me, but their values aren't my values. I've got other things that they don't. Mm. They've had to make other sacrifices that I haven't had to make sacrifices on, you know. And I'm not going to disrespect my own value system with a lack of gratitude. I can do yeah. I can go and cause more. But at the same time, like I, I want more of an abundance of what I've already got. I don't need much more than what I've got. I'd love to cause more of abundance. I want to do more good. I want to feel more purposeful, right? But if I see someone with a whole bunch of cars or whatever, I don't give a shit, right? Yeah, because you can't drive that shit here. Can you imagine like going cares. down the, the best thing about Bali is like no one gives a fuck about what scooter you drive. You know what I mean? Does it get you from point A to point B? No one's sitting there going, "You got a fucking N Max? Well, that's dope, bro." <laughs> You know what I mean? You're so sick. Fuck, I want that, Like, no one cares, right? Yeah. So, um, and again, like, everyone's like, look at me. 
like I like being innocuous as well. Like I don't like I don't like my value being like what I don't like. I want my value to be fucking the results that I get for people and like my personality and my humor and what I know and how I make people. You know those things. That's why no like not a lot of people know about like what I actually do, right? Or or how I go about it. And it's like because you're a pottery, you you have I, pottery. Like no one's business. that interested in pottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not too many people want to scale a fucking six, seven figure business in pottery. One of those fuckers that <laughs> like no fucking way. Oh man, you're 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 that guy. I need you in my life. And you're like fuck. Oh I sorry, bro. Like, yeah. I don't I don't have an answer for you with that. Yeah, but um, we're not accepting any more clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the way that I I kind of yeah, and it's it, and I do for that side of my lane and I do like even sometimes like like I think for me sometimes I get hitched on you know feeling like people that that provide less value than me are getting more notoriety sometimes mm. I do see that show up and in, 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 like yeah, I do yeah. see that show up um, but that would require me playing the game of social media and doing a lot of things that are out of my alignment so it's it, I'm not willing to trade that off. So you go, okay, right. That's why, because you're not willing to trade that. You could do it, but you're not willing to trade that off sometimes. And it could be a limiting mindset as well. Let's be real. Yeah, it's fucking. It could be a limiting. It could also be a part, part and parcel limiting belief for sure. Hundred percent, actually. Yeah, it could be like it's. There's so many dimensions to like, right? So, um, I get it. I get it, but I have to regulate myself. It's like the people who are the most grateful are always a hundred percent most happy and again the people that are entertaining their potential the most always the most happy i've seen people that i've come across people that are like a couple hundred million dollars in the bank and they're fucking miserable and it's like because they're not they're not bridging the gap between self-image and ideal self and I, like that's a massive part of what makes people happy is this sense of progression towards a version of you that's greater than who you are now when you've re reached the lofty heights of success and it's like some people don't know where to go from there and they feel stagnant and they actually feel shit having all this stuff because they're not entertaining the potential anymore. And that's why you can see some people that are actually super happy on the come up. Some people are never more happier than they are than when they're coming through because they, they, it's the potential part that they're falling in love with. It's the, it's the bridging the gap and they get there. Mm. That, happened to, that, happened, that happened for me. As I got to a point, I was like, I'd give up. I, I, at one point, I would have given up my, my right testicle to have what I had. And I was like, I arrived there and I was like, I didn't get the emotional response that I expected, you know? And I was like, I, I loved building this out. Why don't I feel, and then I was like, you have this expectation of like, oh, this means more happiness or this means more freedom. And then, so that's a lot of, that's a big reason as to like, a lot of women will do like, do things because like this equals more love. If I write this book, I'll get more love. If I have this part, I'll get more love. If I do this, I'll get more love. If I have a better body, I have more love. Men tend to go, if I build this business, I have more freedom. If I have these relationships, I have more freedom. If I write this book, I have more freedom, right? And it's always that search for the two. And then you, and then you never, none of those things are ever going to cause it. Mm. But the entertaining potential typically keeps people pretty, pretty happy when they feel like they're in that flow. When they're causing that flow and they're doing that, yeah. You mm. know? Yeah, no, I think where I'm at in my life is, is literally at that point where I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm comparing my lower values other people's like higher values i'm like fuck dude i could do that and, and like it's me being aware of that as well as realizing that 
in the moment in my life right now, it's, I'm like fucking aging so fast, bro. Like, I just feel like, fuck, dude, this is like a, a fucking lesson that I would learn when I'm in my like 30s or 40s or 50s, dude. And then sometimes it's just like, like I need to just take a step back and just realize like, yo, Mike, you're only just fucking 25. You need to chill. You need to, you need to allow yourself to kind of like go through certain emotional journeys for, you know, this to kind of like catch up to where you want to be. And yeah, dude, I, it's crazy because it's, it's like part of me is just like, fuck, dude, I want it now. But the other parts of me is like, maybe this is just how it was meant to happen for like that bigger payout. But also another part of me is like, oh, when I have X amount of money in my bank account, then I can allow myself to be happy. But then losing gratitude during the entire process and then reminding myself, no, it's about the gratitude and just like bouncing back with it. It's just like a fucking mess, dude. But like, it's, it's pretty cool. The thing that, like, when shit goes... And then getting my shit robbed what, what, and oh, feeling yeah. like a blobfish. That's never going... That's, that's yeah. never a good thing, but... Um, oh, we got it back. I feel good. What was that? What were you just mentioning? Mm, I was... Oh, talking, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. Got um, it. So, like, when things go don't go people's way, there's a certain narrative that they create around it. This leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. Whereas the narrative that comes up in my head is like, how funny is it that this happened and I still get to where I want to go? It's a completely different, it's a different viewpoint. It's like, how cool is it that this thing happened and I still get to where I want to go? As opposed to this thing fucking happened, it prevents me from where I want to go. Ooh, that's cool. What other narratives do you have like that? that you- Depends on what comes up in conversation. It's like, uh, tell me a joke. Fuck me. Oh, you're Australia. What's Australian slang? I was like, oh, I can't tell. You. Like, uh, unless it comes up in like a conversation, I, I, like I can't just you know bang it out there. But like again, that's the relationship I have with him in my brain. It's like mm. creating more healthier narratives, mm. much more healthier narratives. What are like the biggest narratives that you tackled that you switched that initially were controlling your life that you didn't know until you were aware of it, and then you fucking changed it. Like this one narrative that you just said. Mm. I don't know, honestly. Like, Tell there'd have to be some. Like, uh, like my um, it, it depends on when it comes up. Like, I have to have a good, good talk to myself and in a dialogue to go and regulate, go and regulate myself. You know, I mean, I'm quite I typically trait wise quite masculine, so I don't, I don't like really feel this. Like I feel maybe like, like that, because I can logic, logic, and rationalize and yeah. all these things that call and kill, kill off the emotion. How old are you? Thirty two. Thirty two. So, and I mean, I started my, I started my business when I was twenty six or something. I was bricklaying at your age, right? So, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, very, I want it now. Yeah, yeah I mean. But people can get what they want and then fall back. Like I saw people yeah. excelling in my business way quicker than me, but I just plotted along. Like my thing wasn't so much about like everyone can create like a massive vision for what they want. Like that's an easy thing. If if that was the biggest indicator of causing success, then everyone would have what they have is to know what you want. Yeah, cool. Okay, build a build your vision board. But if you don't have a bigger vision for the version of you that shows up, that vision board ain't happening, right? So my whole emphasis was like building out the identity and how they show up. 
what traits do I need to uh, maybe lower down? What ones do I need to express more? Where are my opportunities to go and flex that? Where do I get exposure therapy to go and gain that tra- and like mold me and build me out? And it's like, if you build out that version that holds everything, they'll just get that automatic. They'll get that second hand. But if you don't change the version of you, that thing you want ain't coming. doesn't work like that. You don't, if you were the person that you were meant to be right now to have everything you want, you'd already have it. So if people focus on, on the journey and the process of, of transforming the vision of their identity and who they see themselves to be, they edge closer to that becoming second, second nature, right? So that's why like when I do things, it's like it's, it's, vision, it's vision for myself goals more than it is vision for what I want goals. It's more about what are you capable of doing more than what are you capable of achieving? And because I'm not so negatively and positively reaffirmed of what comes after, it allows me to have consistency, right? Things don't go my way. I still can continue to go and move towards that. I go, well, where can I grow in that? Where is my ideal version of myself behave in this situation or grow in this situation, right? And like the worst thing that could ever happen to you is to go and get the success you want, but not um, have the, the challenges to go and develop traits that are not only going to allow you to get it, but then sustain it. Some people get lucky and they dodge some like challenges, they get it and they don't, they're not the person that's capable of sustaining it. So even if it takes longer and there comes challenges, like you need them to build certain traits. So then when you do get there, you can maintain. Mm. The fucking worst thing would be to, to get there with relative ease and then not have the traits to be able to sustain it and then fucking go like that. Fuck dude, that's like lions and sharks and then just humans, you know, like 30,000 years or 30 million years, they're good. Everything was going good. And then humans within 30,000 years, then we're just like fucking ruining the environment. We're like killing people off. We're doing a bunch of shit because it's like, we're not, we're not there yet. You know, we're kind of like still waking up. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and this is the, this is the interesting thing. Like for me being in network marketing is I get to be around so many different people um, all the time with different personalities, different reasons, different wires and yeah. like getting to getting a good, real like exposure to a lot of different people, you know, in a, in an industry that's, fucking incredible when you do it well when you do it yeah. with, with when you do it in integrity but um yeah i mean that's that's uh you know being a human is a fucking difficult thing but like i i'm always like you know what like even when i feel like shitty the the well this is the other narrative this is one see it pops up you just need to give me a few minutes for hey, show right? here we go. um is that because this is the thing i'm agnostic so as i mentioned before it's like i don't know what the higher thing is i don't think we're supposed to know. I don't think we're capable of knowing. And we know that there's such a thing as a dog whistle. We know there's such a thing as a um, sonar, but our brains can't pick it up. So I know that we're quite limited. But some of my, some of my narrative is like, when I feel shit, it's like, dude, you're so lucky to feel anything. Like anything. Like there's a potential for you to feel nothing for an eternity. That's a long time to feel nothing. But for right now, you get to feel something. And the whatever billions of people that, that came before you, they'd probably trade with you in a heartbeat even to feel as shit as what you're feeling right now, right? Like my, my relationship with my mortality is mature. I know that I'm going to die. I know it, right? And it's my relationship with that aspect of my life that allows me to go, and it's not suppressing it. It's not like pushing away or trying to navigate from it. It's like, I can have gratitude for feeling like shit more than some people feel about the good feelings that they, they have. Does that make sense? Like, the, anything I get to feel is a win. Anything to me. 
anything. Because there's a possibility I didn't get to feel a single thing for eternity. The fucking feeling shit is a gift, right? Every fucking emotion is a gift. Fuck, man, that's amazing. I think we just end on that, dude. Thanks for showing up. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Guys, check them out in the links below, Instagram.